The death toll is catastrophic. We must bow to their wishes. You must contact me. It's a trick. Send no reply. Send no transmissions of any kind. It sounds like bait to establish a connection trace. What if it is true? And the people are dying. Either way, we're running out of time. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hawk, our hosts, Carl LeClaire, Jason Hunt, and Katie Horn, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 321. You must contact me. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Captain Panaka and Handmaiden Sabay, to my Senator Palpatine, we have Carl LeClaire and Katie Horn. (laughs) Red group, blue group, everybody away. (laughs) (laughs) Your occupation here has ended. (laughs) After her. This one's a decoy. <laughs> After her, this one's a decoy. <laughs> I, I love it. I'm Kira Knightley. I'm Kira Knightley. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I just love being Captain Panaka. Qua- yeah. Quar- Quarish Panaka. He's <laughs> got the most interesting first name. But then again, we've well, got a... Well, his, his, we've his, got sh- his last name... The, the actor's last name is uh, Quarshi, so... Oh, oh, okay. I didn't know that. That's yeah, great. So we've, Hugh we've, Quarshi, I think. We've is. got Quarsh Panaka, Sheev Palpatine, and let's not forget Fearmus Piet. I, I, <laughs> say Firmus. I knew it. I was like, here it comes. Here comes the Firmus. <laughs> oh, my goodness. My friends, I am so glad to be back with this episode with you guys, because we are going to just respond to... So many fun questions that Valerians <laughs> have asked. They have the most inquisitive, fun, and exciting minds, and I'm so excited to dive into all their questions in this this week's episode. Yes. Oh my gosh, it's so exciting. It's been a while since we've done this, and I love doing these episodes because it means I don't have to make my own notes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you guys do the work. We'll just we'll just answer them. We'll, we'll we'll show up and and pretend like we know what we're talking about. So. <laughs> I am I am remarkably good at pretending I know what I'm talking. about. <laughs> well, I, Katie, I'm so glad because this is the first time we've done one of these with you since you've been a, a, a regular member of the show. So I'm so glad because it basically means all the questions we can't answer well, you will be able to because you're smarter than us. Thank you. Talking to <laughs> Resistance Heroes is my forte. <laughs> Jason will just be Jason and I will be laying here stunned. So. Yeah, exactly. Like, I can't feel my teeth. <laughs> um But my friends, before we hop into all the questions, I just really quickly wanted to uh just give a really quick shout out to the the novel Queen's Shadow by E.K. Johnston. So I was lucky enough to get um, – my friend Greg was able to uh, secure an advanced screening uh, – advanced review copy of Queen's Shadow. 
And uh, once he finished it, um, well, he passed it off to my friend Ben. I was I was second on the list. Um, so once my friend Ben <laughs> finished it, I got it next. And I'm I'm about a quarter of the way into it. And guys, I am so in love with this book. And it's blowing my mind because I'll be completely honest. Like when they announced it, I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I mainly loved it because two reasons. One, I love E.K. Johnston, what she did with Ahsoka. It is so, it's, it's my favorite of the new canon novels. But secondly, I was like, okay, it's really cool that like Padme specifically is getting some love. I love that we're getting prequel love in the new yes. canon. But Padme has never been high on my list of favorite characters. I will tell you this book is quickly changing that. Um, it's so good. The first chapter, I had tears in my eyes reading it. Ooh. Katie, this will break you. I'm sorry to tell oh, you. Oh, no. This book is going to break you. Um, oh, I'm sure it will. Oh, no. But in all the right ways. Um, just like just, the cover alone is enough to just break me. I just, you know, I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and then I look at that cover <laughs> and then I just cry myself back to sleep. Like, uh. <laughs> and I, mean, I don't I don't want to again like I'm only a quarter of the way in but I don't want to give any sort of spoilers but I, I will say this I watched Phantom Menace tonight it already made me love the movie even more than I already do oh, um, secondly nice. we learn so much about the handmaidens um, oh good which is really really <laughs> wonderful um, but more than anything like it is definitely a bit of a political story um mm. I mean, it's Padme. Right. It's yeah. Padme. <laughs> but like, but it's not, you know, for those of you who are like, oh, I don't want politics in Star Wars. It's not that kind of story, in my opinion. Like, it's just it's just a really good story about what it means to be good. Right. Star Wars is about good characters. Right. Like good mm-hmm. people. Like that's who our heroes are. And Padme is in the realm of politics. She's a good politician. And her politics are in a way very simple. But they're so profoundly beautiful. And I am just loving this book. And I'm loving what we learn about Padme, the Handmaidens, and Panaka. Um, so it's, it's already off to a great start. And um, the, the novel picks up about four years after Phantom Menace. So I'll, I'll give – I mean you learn that very quickly in the book. So I'm not giving anything away. Um, but that's, that, that gives you a sense of the timeline. So it's four years after Phantom Menace. Um, and, and it, of course, deals with something that's brought up in Attack of the Clones, where she mentions how they try to amend the Constitution. That's mm. a, that You learn about that pretty quickly in the novel, too, about how they try to keep Padme in office. And he, reading her response is beautiful. It's just oh. so good. So that's all I will say. Like, I can't wait to finish it. Um, both my friends Greg and Ben told me it just gets better. So I just – I can't wait. I, I, I read it at night, and I get so excited every night to go to bed because like, <laughs> I'm just like so pumped up to read this book. So, <laughs> that's so beautiful um, i want to cry just hearing uh, you talk about it I, i've been super excited about master and apprentice coming out mm. and now i'm like i need to get this one too so mm-hmm. I, i'm like my, my brain is already going well i know what march's audible credit will be used for <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but yes that makes me excited i'm glad to hear that so yeah it's 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 really good. So I can't wait till it's out. We've all read it and we can talk about it. Yeah, yes. right. Oh my god. Yes. Oh my god. Um, uh, can I give a quick plug before we start? Yes, please. All right, cool. Um, I was on the latest episode of Clashing Sabers, uh, where we got to do our top three, bottom three uh, about Attack of the Clones, and 
I got to school some folks on Attack of the Clones. I'm nice. Sorry. No, I, 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 nice. I kid somewhat, but uh, Brandon, <laughs> Drew, and uh, Lindsay were so kind enough to have me on, and we had a great conversation, a great discussion, and a really fun time. So if you want to hear me wax eloquent about my second favorite Star Wars movie of all time, go check out the latest episode of Clashing Sabers, uh, where we talk about Attack of the Clones, and it's awesome. So. Oh, I'm definitely going to be checking that out. Yeah, I was on uh, with them as well, talking about the Phantom Menace, uh, you know, a month or two ago. I don't remember yes. exactly, but yeah, they they were a lot of fun to talk to, and I had this like similar experience where it's all like I'm the person in the room who loves this movie the most. <laughs> <laughs> I start. I pre. I, I preambled everything by saying I'm probably one of like three people in the entire world who put Attack of the Clones in their top three Star Wars movies. Nice, so. nice. <laughs> yeah, but yes, nobody asks me to be on podcasts. But whatever. Well, <laughs> oh, your favorite I, is The Empire Strikes Back. Shocking. Never met a st- yeah, yeah. Star Wars fan. <laughs> I, I can, you know what? I just I walk outside sometimes, and I'm like, how many people here love The Empire Strikes Back the most? I just wish I could find me a man who likes The Empire Strikes Back the most. <laughs> and all of a Nate sudden, there's a the whole bunch of gopher goes, that open up around yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like the earth splitting open, just like. <laughs> Oh my goodness. That's fine. Between between the show and doing my solo cast, I'm very content. Um, but, uh, yeah, by the way, quick plug for that. Make sure you're checking out the solo cast. If you like solo, a star Wars story, cause I love that movie. So yeah. I had a great big time fans of it here. Yeah. We are. We're all fans of it here, but no yeah. one is a bigger fan of solo on this podcast than Carl. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, let's, 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 uh, well, actually real quick, just a quick reminder before we settle into the questions. Um, hopefully you've been following along uh, with the radio dramas. So, of course, tonight we'll we'll get to episode six of the Empire Strikes Back radio drama, Way of the Jedi. Um, heads up, Yoda's a bit to handle. Um, the, my only two quibbles with the radio dramas is is um, Brock Peters as Darth Vader. But you do get I, I will say I got used to it. He's not yeah, great, but I did know. get used to it. And oh, I'm blanking on the name of the guy who does Yoda. But do you guys remember the show 30 Rock from the Sun? Oh, yeah. Remember the, the, the dad character in it? Like the oldest? Oh, it's, yeah. It's that actor that does Yoda in the radio dramas. Oh, dang. Um, he's really... Wait, the same guy that was in Dexter? I don't know. Is he in Dexter? I've never seen oh, Dexter. Oh, you've never seen Dexter? Yeah, oh, never seen Dexter. the dad character from, from Third Rock from the Sun was was like a really good villain in Dexter. Like it was such a creepy good performance. And I'm like, hang on, that guy's Yoda? Like Yeah, let me hold on, let me look up his name really quick. Um, wait, are we talking about Third Rock from the Sun or Thirty Rock? Oh yeah, I'm talking Third Rock. My bad. <laughs> yeah, totally different Rock. thing. Third Rock from <laughs> the Sun. We're talking about totally different thing. <laughs> totally different thing. Sorry, not oh, Thirty no. Rock. Um what is that actor's <laughs> name? Let's see. Uh oh, John Lith Lithgow. It's John, John Lithgow. Lithgow. Wait, yeah. that is John. Lith- That's who I'm thinking of. Okay. Well, Wait, we're thinking about the same. Wait. Rock now we're song. all getting ourselves confused. Oh, John no. Lithgow's voicing Yoda yes. in the radio drama. That's all and you it's need a bit to know. To handle at first. Yes. He's, <laughs> I like John Lithgow. I think he's a great actor. Like everything I've seen him, and I love him. But he's just not good as Yoda, in my opinion. He's he's so good in Dexter. I, Let's watch Dexter, you guys. Okay. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so anyway, I, I shouldn't say that. I hate saying things like that because then it like, if you haven't heard these episodes yet, I totally just tainted your perception. 
Again, I hope you enjoy it. Maybe you will love it. Again, like you get used to it quick enough. I don't think he's very good. Um, the thing I respect is he's obviously trying to be unique from Frank Oz, right? He doesn't want to just mimic. So I, I, I give him credit for that. But again, it's just it's a bit different to say the least. Mm. Um, but you do get some really great expanded stuff, as you always do in these radio dramas. So stick around for episode six at the end of the episode <laughs> if you've been following along. Um, so, guys, do we want to get to these questions? We've got quite a few. We probably yes. won't get to all of them. So uh, apologies for that. But we will certainly come back to the ones we miss. Um, can, we, can we hop into these? Because I have one I was going to ask yes. right off the bat. Do it. Yeah, go for it. Just take it, Carl. All right. This Carl, is, run. All right. And um, so, all right. We're going to start with this question from, from Caitlin Ferguson. And Caitlin's been a, a wonderful uh, uh, Larry and as of late with, with sending us some really great emails. So first off, thank you for that, Caitlin. Um, but she asked this great question. And I feel like you understand Leia the best of the three of us, Katie. So I want you to oh. maybe field it first. Um, but she asks, in the original trilogy, why does Leia never get promoted to general? Han and Lando get that rank, and they hadn't been with the Rebellion nearly as long as Leia. Was this because she chose not to assume a rank, or was it based on the attitude towards women in the military in the 1980s? What do you think, Katie? Why is Leia not a general until Force Awakens? Uh, 1,000%. It's being influenced by the people making it. Hmm. You know, I think I think she absolutely would have if, you know, if that movie wasn't made in the in the 1980s, um, uh, which, of course, is why she's a general now. We're, we're, you know, certainly a lot more aware these days, um, and, you know, and just just the idea that, yeah, Lando and Han can just kind of blunder their way into the rebellion <laughs> and and automatically outrank Leia is certainly an outdated one. I, I really do think it's just um, the, the, the world that created this movie uh, uh, influenced it. You know, we're all a product of our time mm-hmm. and this movie is a product of its time. Um, sure. As far as like in universe reasons. Yeah. Maybe uh, Leia was seen as more of a figurehead, uh, you know, a, uh, than a than than a military leader, I, I'm really not sure how to answer that question from like an in the universe perspective. Yeah, well, I don't know. Well, yeah, what well, are your thoughts, Jason? I mean, in, in Empire Strikes Back on Hoth, she basically is a general. You know, mm-hmm. she's ordering everybody around, giving the mission briefing and all that stuff. Uh, but I do think she is considered one of the leaders. Of the rebellion, you know, along the levels mm. of a Mont Mothma, mm-hmm. and so that kind of elevates her beyond military rankings, in a way. So yeah. she still participates, um, but then, of course, since the resistance is such a much smaller thing, she's playing many different roles. Um, not unlike what she did in the rebellion, but it's less structured in mm. the resistance than in the rebellion, I think. And so I think. She's a figurehead. She's a politician. She's, you know, a source of inspiration. She's a military leader. She's so many things in the original trilogy um, that putting the title general on her might have limited some of that. It might have even seemed like a bit of a downgrade from princess. You know, princess sounds so, you know, she's and, And especially when she's supposed to represent the hope of the rebellion to the galaxy at large and you start calling her general now she comes across as a military leader trying to take over mm. you know when she's like the face of the rebellion to the galaxy you want someone who's inspirational hopeful and not coming at you with a blaster you yeah. know sure so 
even though she has a blaster tucked in her back pocket the whole time, you know, but, uh, Yeah. Well, what we what you, we have to realize, maybe you guys don't realize, but I'm very much aware uh, the the word princess didn't really start to have a negative connotation uh, until really the 90s, and that's when there was like a huge pushback a- against princess. It's like, wait, I'm more than a princess, you know? Nobody nobody wanted to be a princess in the 90s. That wasn't very it wasn't considered very feminist to be a princess. Mm. Um, it, it's only been more recently that we've begun to gather that back, but you can see that in influence in star wars again leia being called you know a general now of course she's earned it of course she's she's a military leader so you know i I have no problems with her being called a general but if you look at uh star wars the old republic um uh princess valen is not called princess valen even though both of her brothers are called you know prince there's (laughs) prince arkin and prince sexton she is called high justice valen instead of princess because you know they she's a villain and they want her to be cool they want her to be you know they don't want you looking down on her because she's princess valen no like her brothers are still cool being princes but she can't be a princess you know so so i really do think yeah it was it was a product of the times and and you know everything is so yeah one day yeah we'll be looking at general leia and going "Mm, that doesn't really work in the modern era (laughs) right (laughs) one day yeah and i also think like even just uh i don't disagree with that at all katie like that it is a product of its times but i also Mm -hmm. think even just looking at rogue one right like bail organa he's clearly Mm -hmm. not a military rank but he's Mm -hmm. incredibly important to the alliance council yes leia's his daughter she's an imperial senator right like they kind of exist outside the military echelon, I think, in that early stage. So I just – like even when she shows up on Yavin 4, right? Like she's not greeted mm-hmm. – she's greeted by the military superiors and they see her basically as an equal. She just doesn't seem to be – her role in the rebel in the rebellion stage at that point is one of trying to infiltrate from the inside out. So she's not directly tied into the military feed. It's kind of how I see it as well. Um, yeah. Again, like just thinking canon wise, you know, yeah. again, to 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 obviously talk around the obvious social <laughs> issue. But I think yeah. that even could make sense, too, is, um, you know, it's just that wasn't her role initially. And whether like even though in a way, like by the time we get to Empire, it seems like she's obviously very clearly a part of the military and even the uni- like even the outfit she's wearing on, on Echo Base, like it seems to be a military uniform, right? Like it even has an insignia slogan mm. on it i don't know what that is if you're listening you might feel free to tell us yeah. um but uh i still just think like her as princess leia it there is still something mm-hmm. like sh- there's a state headness to it right mm-hmm. um even just thinking in our own political terms right like the president of the united states is the commander-in-chief but we never refer to him as like admiral or general um so but he's still commander-in-chief so i don't know just great great yeah. thought katie <laughs> great <Yeah>. question <laughs> Um, I, I'm, I'm googling what her rank is. Hold on. <laughs> um, Continue. Well, who wants to? Yeah, who wants to take? Who wants to do the second question? Should I just go since? Uh, yeah, go since ahead. Jason's googling. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Well, Jason's gonna, doing the Google. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to pull up our question here from Andy Siner, who is uh, my very good friend on Twitter. <laughs> Andy, very cool guy. He uh, he asks us which lightsider has had the deepest, most emotionally moving death for each of you on your first viewing. And I'm pretty sure he specifies lightsider because he doesn't want me to just go off about Darth Maul's death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, I, I have my answer 
Go. You know, right away. Kanan. Mm. I have not had a more emotional reaction to any death in Star Wars than Kanan. Really? Uh, Wow. I bawled my eyes out. Um, And it was it was ugly. It was ugly cry. It was. I, I have not had any visceral reaction like that. That. Um. Anywhere else, even even in like Rogue One or anything like that. But it was Kanan for whatever reason that hit me at the right time at the right place, and I just ugly cried. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah. Kanan Jarrus. Kanan Jarrus. Jedi Knight. Um, well, I, I, I had a quick re- re- answer to this was as well, and I don't know if this is technically considered a lightsider light because he doesn't use the mm-hmm. Force, but it's definitely Han Solo in Force Awakens. Um, the first time I even and like I knew this months before seeing the movie that he was going to die. Like I read the spoilers. Um, and even even before reading the spoilers, I was like, I bet you he they they kill him off in the movie. Like yeah. Harrison wanted that, you know, twenty years ago. Um, <laughs> but watching it on screen, I just I'm not I've never cried that hard at something mm. other than like a horrible life event in my life. Like it's the most it's the hardest I've ever cried at something fictional in all of my life. <laughs> um, and you know that first night watching the movie, I was there with. The whole crowd from New York, like Joe Hogan and that group, and I was there with my at the time girlfriend. I was bawling so hard. She was sweet as could be. I mean, she was just like she had her arms around me. She's like, "It's okay, Carl." I'm like, "I know this Aww. is fake," but like, <laughs> but I cried so hard. And I think it was for two reasons. And and the biggest reason, which is reason number one, is he's my favorite character. And just seeing it happen, just like broke my heart. I and and and. And I don't have any other reason beyond that. It just it just broke my heart to see it happen. And I think even in the context of the story, like you re- like even I think anybody watching that movie, even if you didn't know right beforehand, the spoiler watching him walk out there, you know, he's not coming away from this. You know, he's not going to redeem Kylo in the first movie of a new trilogy. Like yeah. Han's right. not walking away from this, but to just see him so selflessly go out there. Um, and actually, I had a really great exchange on Twitter with my friend Ben just uh, yesterday where he made uh, – in light of my last little episode of SoloCast, I was talking about like the role of luck and how that's kind of like Han's spirituality. And, and my friend Ben made a really interesting point from Force Awakens when Han says, you know, the longer we're here, the less luck we'll have, right? Like oh. implying they need to get out of Starkiller base or else they're going to run out of luck. Well, um, my comment back to Ben was, was like, yeah, that's a great point. And – What's really cool is Han sets aside his faith in luck and puts his faith in his son. But sadly, that faith is misplaced. Like, and like, this isn't me hating on Kylo Ren. It, it's true in that moment. Um, but like, for the first time, Han, uh, not for the first time, I think he puts his faith in people a lot in the original trilogy. But like, he chooses to put his faith specifically now in his son. And sadly, his son's not there yet. So, so even like from a story point, it's just really heartbreaking. Um, so that was the one for me. Although Jason, I'm with you. Kanan was a close second. Um, but Katie, I'm really curious for you what, what it is for you. Uh, well, I promise I will give a real answer. But <laughs> you know, you talking about how 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 much Han's death impacted you. Twin sons really did that for me when when Darth Maul died in Rebels. It was it really did feel like you know a, a real person that I knew had passed. Like it was. It, I felt it so deeply inside me and and then like for the week after you know just getting out of bed was hard 
I fe- that's how that's how like intensely I felt I felt that story and I felt Darth Maul going. It was it was rough. Uh, but so I've never felt anything close like that to uh, to a light side character because <laughs> you know Darth Maul is my guy. But I got pretty gosh darn close for uh, for Jin and uh, Cassian <laughs> at the end of Rogue One. That was my first viewing of that. Oof. I, that movie broke me. I, I was wheezing coming out of that theater. It was pretty disgusting. Like, I, it, it was just, it was so beautiful the way they died, which is horrible to say. It's like, oh, you're dead, but it was beautiful. Mm. <laughs> it yeah. was very emotional, very impactful. So, uh, so yeah, that was, that was the one for me that was almost, it was about a tenth <laughs> as emotional <laughs> as Darth Maul's death. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I, the, the ranking on Leia's is different than everybody else's. So, Ooh. yeah, it's, it's not the regular military rank, which probably identifies her as a member of the council or something oh, okay. like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, yes. All right, Jason, your turn. Get a question. Oh, question. Um, Let me see here. Let's go with uh, first question from our buddy Sartaj, um, who sends in some really interesting questions. Um, says, one of my favorite moments from Revenge of the Sith is when Darth Sidious appears to a burnt Anakin over the ashy plains of Mustafar. Uh, its inclusion has always fascinated me. Arguably, it's Sheev's most humanizing moment. Can we just call him Palpatine and leave out his first name? Thank you no. very much. Um, <laughs> I love that he says Sheev. It's amazing. Um, and uh, notice too, because he's asking that it's he, uh, this is how smart Sartage is. The fact that he refers to him as Sheev and then immediately says humanizing, right? Uh, yes, mm-hmm. that's the human. It's, that, it's not Sidious. It's not even Palpatine. It's Sheev. Yeah. So Sartage is so smart, that. even in his questions. I'm not sure about that. Anyways, <laughs> um, arguably it's Sheev's most humanizing moment as he looks over at Anakin like a father seeing a son who has been involved in a life-threatening accident. Uh, and Sidious bends down and touches Anakin's forehead. I, I interpret that as Sidious transferring some dark side energy to keep Anakin alive. What do you think at the moment, and how do you interpret it? Yeah, you who know, wants, uh, who well, wants to go first? I'm already cause... talking, so I'm just going to keep going. Sorry. <laughs> Um, sorry, everybody. Uh, no, I, I, I agree with Sartage that I think that there is something being transferred here. Um, it's also a great mirror of like, literally, it's the same thing that we see Obi-Wan do to Luke in A New Hope, right? It's the same. It's the same physical act of like putting that hand on the forehead. Um, and I think you could almost ask the same question of you know what is obi-wan doing to luke there it it could just be he's checking his pulse right he's just checking to see if he's okay but i think he's also putting some sort of healing over him and i feel like that's what sheev's doing here too i'm going with sheev jason deal with it um so good old sheev here um and it is i find it really interesting that sartosh chooses to say it's a humanizing moment um, in, in the sense that like, and, and I don't want to like belittle that. I think it's a, it's a great point. I don't know that there is any humanizing for Sheev because at nope. this point there is, he's no. not a human. He's just a monster, I would say. Yeah. Um, and even in this moment. So the reason I would say that it still isn't humanizing for him is because I feel like to him, this is him bowing over, not bowing over, but 
crouching down over now what is his property, right? Like Anakin yes. is now his, <laughs> and he's going to put some force energy into him to preserve his machine now, right? To s- preserve his Frankenstein monster, right? Um, so I feel like it's not necessarily humanizing because it's not about some sense of empathy. It's more so of I want to make sure that my monster is okay because he's not. I'm not done with him yet, right? Like my 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 machinations for him are just beginning. So, uh, but I do think yeah. he gives him some sort of forced power there, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I agree. I, I don't think it's a very personal look at all at the way uh, the way uh, Palpatine looks at Anakin. I it, I agree with you where it's like, oh, this is a possession. This is something that belongs to me, which is like so creepy. No person belongs to another person. Like, <laughs> and I remember before, um, before our revenge of the Sith episode last week, I was watching revenge of the Sith and like messaging you guys. And I'm pretty sure the exact words I used was Palpatine looks at burnt Anakin the way I look at a chip. I just dropped on the floor, like <laughs> blowing on it. Like that's still good. It's still, it's, it's all Five right. Second it's, rule. <laughs> uh, 10 second rule. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> oh, the dear old Papa Palpatine <laughs> has no sense of compassion or Papa Palpatine. I cannot talk today, apparently. <laughs> um, there's no sense of compassion or empathy or feeling or mercy in this man whatsoever. It, it is all just. What what can he get from it? Um, and th- this is this is him checking on his investment. He's invested a lot of time, money, energy, uh, force potential into Anakin, and Anakin nearly blew it right out the gate. <laughs> and so he's got to make sure he can still salvage his investment. This yeah. is not. Th- this is all about salvaging what could have been, because he will never be up to the level that Palpatine wanted him to be ever again. Yeah. You know, th- this is more like, ugh. well, I don't have anything else to use right now. So let's salvage this. And that's all that is. The, the, it, the, the, the touch looks tender, but it's more like, I guess I'm going to have to, to do this. <laughs> it's like, ew. You know, <laughs> yeah. And to me, it's it, yeah. It's touching. And it's like no, it's it's. Not, I would you know, Jason. That's a great way to put it. Like because it you're right. It almost looks tender, but it's just so not tender because it's more of like, haha. Look what I have now. It, it, there's almost right. like there. You can almost like imagine that good old Sheev is like rejoicing on the inside because it's like, man, now he's really gonna be like my object, right? Like right, he, right. he's just been. There cut. he is. Yeah, oh, he's still alive. Yeah, Good. like, like there's he's a mine, there's yeah know? there's like a celebration ah. in it because remember what he says to Yoda like a little bit earlier in the film like you know Darth Vader will become more powerful than either of us. Well, not anymore. <laughs> so right, not anytime soon. Anyways, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, but yeah, no. This this keeps this means Anakin is now fully under Palpatine's thumb, and yes, he's probably transferring some sort of dark side energy into Anakin to keep him alive. Until the medical team gets there, right? But the medical that capsule. is, and but <laughs> that is only because this is his investment. This is his property. This needs to last because he's you know used up everyone else at this point. Yeah. Um. All right. My turn to ask a question. 
<laughs> I got a really fun one. This comes from from Brandon Boylan. Um, he sent in a really fun question. Um, this is such a Wampusler question, and I love it. So thank you, Brandon. He says, you're going camping. You can bring one droid, one character, and one non-vehicle device from Star Wars. Who and what do you take? R2-D2, Jar Jar Binks, and a lightsaber. <laughs> Boom. Yes, I'm ready to go. <laughs> you were just all like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to think about this. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I mean – R2, because he's a Swiss Army knife um, mm. and is just awesome. Jar Jar, because he's lived in the, the woodlands and the swamps of Naboo, so he's good on a camping trip. And, I mean, who shouldn't have a lightsaber at their side at all times? So Nice. What about you, Katie? I would bring L3, Poe Dameron, Ooh. and a blaster. Nice. <laughs> The blaster is for when things get hairy because it's going to get dicey out there. (laughs) I bring L3 because I feel like she would have really good stories. And I bring Poe Dameron, you know, so he can carry me. (laughs) I'll be like Yoda riding on Luke's back. (laughs) Let's go, Poe. Let's do it. (laughs) He'll keep me warm at night. Oh, Oh, Poe. Oh, Poe. Oh, Katie. (laughs) Love it. <laughs> just me and l3 and poe sitting around the campfire telling stories <laughs> telling stories i love it <laughs> all right carl Call. start <laughs> uh i would bring bb8 qui-gon Jin, and a scan grid <gasps> that's the torture scan rack scan gr- oh to get out of there to get no. out of the woods <laughs> no the torture rack from empire strikes Back. oh is that what Oh, yeah, it's called the scan grid. I'm just kidding. I wouldn't oh, bring a scan grid. I would bring a back. You know what I was thinking of? I was thinking what? of macro binoculars. That's oh, like yeah. when you said scan grid. That's yeah. where my brain that's went. the that's the name of the torture rack and and the Empire Strikes Back. It's the scan grid. <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't bring that. I would bring I would so BB-8 because he's adorable and I just think yes. like he'd make me chuckle just because his beep, his his beeps are so cute. Qui Gon Jinn because he would mentor me on life. And I would love every second of it. And <laughs> um, a back to tank, just because in case we get into any trouble, I can just hop in the back tank and be fine. So, I love it. Oh, my gosh. Go. So, that, oh, what a fun question. Thank you, Brandon. <laughs> that was great. Um, All right, Katie. I'm, I'm going to go with another fun one. I'm going to go with uh, a question that comes to us from Nathan Horn. Oh, good. <laughs> beloved. Oh, yeah. The, the like- love and light of my life. He looked at me in the face and asked, who is the governor of Naboo at the start of the Phantom Menace? Captain Tarples. How dare you? How dare you? (laughs) He loves to do this. I don't don't even remember how this joke started, but he really loves to pretend to not know who C.O. Bibble is. Like he just, (laughs) anytime C.O. Bibble come up, he's like, who? And I fall for it at least a third of the time. I don't <laughs> I'll be like, see people, oh, dang it, you knew that. You knew who that was. <laughs> now, Jason, I, I'm pretty sure you were going to um actually at him, weren't you? Yes, I am going to um actually at Nathan. Technically, Seal <laughs> Bibble is the governor of Theed, which is the capital of Naboo. Um, so yes, I'm going to um actually just slightly on Nathan there. Um, but yes. That, you hear that, that, Nate? You hear yeah. that? Memorize it this time. The governor of Theed. No. <laughs> so. um, Our only hope is for the Senate to side with us. Senator Palpatine will need your help. Either, either choice presents great danger to us all. We are brave, Your Highness. You are to leave, Your Highness. 
It must be now. Then I will plead our case to the Senate. Oh, I, I couldn't remember. <laughs> I was like, oh, my line. What is it? Dang. All right, careful, Gal. Can we, can we just go with the fact that in that moment, too, one of the most badass things in Star Wars is when uh, Panaka looks and he goes, there are too many of them. Won't be a problem. Like, no, no, don't worry. We got this. <laughs> That's totally fine. And then even Obi-Wan, I'll handle this. Oh, snap. (laughs) To free those pilots. Just don't like to do it. And he's like, starts to raise his gun. Obi-Wan just pushes it down. I'll handle that. No. I got this. (laughs) Oh, what a great moment. Uh, Go watch Phantom Menace, everyone, and then come back. You'll you'll enjoy it more because it's just your life will be better. Can we um, talk about how freaking shook Co Bibble is to learn that the negotiations never took place? <laughs> he's just—I he, think that's that his, his perpetual nature is one of being shook. Like his eyes yeah. are always so big, you know. Like you're, 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 loss of communication can mean only one thing: invasion. Yeah. <laughs> just, only one thing. You're right. Couldn't just be that like a satellite's down. <laughs> so. If you look up the word befuddled in the dictionary, there's just there's a picture of Co Bibble, just yeah. like perpetually befuddled, <laughs> he doesn't know how else to be. Your negotiations seem to have pl- <laughs> seem to have, have failed. failed. <laughs> the negotiations never took place. He just immediately like calms that right down. (laughs) Don't worry, they tried to kill us, but we're fine. Yeah, (laughs) we'll handle this. (laughs) Won't be a problem. Can we all just take one minute to appreciate the fact that there is a character's name in Star Wars that's Bibble? Bibble, right? Yeah, I mean, that was like. Honestly, so when it was announced that uh, Dominic Monaghan was going to be in episode nine, I was like, I really hope he's related to Seal Bibble. That was, <laughs> that's all I want. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, all well, right. I believe it's your turn, Jason. Yes, it is indeed it is your turn, turn, right? Yes. Okay. Um, this is going to be one that we got from at Clopoon on Twitter. <laughs> Love it. Uh, first of all, what did Luke mean when he said Han was Han about it? Just <laughs> kidding. Just <laughs> kidding. Um, but he actually asked, do you guys think that Luke will have a major role in Episode 9? If so, what will he do? I don't think he's going to be in Episode 9, so we can move on. Really? I'm just kidding. We know he's going I'm to does be. Not actually think <laughs> I'm just okay, kidding. No, I actually felt that. I'm like, why? Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I was we, like, I was like, that is a bold take. I, I want more. Give me the deets. And you're like, no. yeah, his no. role is superfluous. We don't need him. Um, Ray's <laughs> just transcended beyond what she, he can offer. I can't be what she needs me to be. Damn right. So she'll move on. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> so, no, I think I mean, well, to be fair, right? Like Mark Hamill's been confirmed. So he's obviously in it yes. as far as a major role. I don't. Again, well, well, yeah, obviously all of us are going to have to speculate here. I'm going to say not major. I think it'll be bigger than initially planned because of Carrie's passing, um, right? Like it was it was made clear that Carrie was going to be kind of the central legacy character of nine in the same way that Han was for seven and Luke was for eight. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they upped his role a little bit to, to again, ground us in some sense of a legacy character. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I, I, I hesitate to say major role. Um, I th- so what do I think his role will then be? I think he will be someone, 
in the same way that the force ghost of Obi-Wan counseled Luke through the original trilogy, he was always there just to like point and confirm, if you will, mm. right? Like point mm. ahead, this is where you need to go and then confirm that you're kind of on the right path. I feel like Rey is very much discovering for herself what it means to be a Jedi. It's something new. Um, and I think Luke will show up to confirm for her what she's doing, like in a moment of doubt. That's what I think. Like, I think Luke has obviously accepted the fact that she indeed is important. As Yoda said, you know, lost Ben Solo, we did lose Ray. We cannot. Um, so I feel like if anything, like he's going to show up there in those moments of doubt Ray might have. And Luke will just simply be there to say, you're doing the right thing. Like, keep moving. Like, push ahead. That's how I kind of see his role. Because, again, and, and I know, like, this is where a lot of the, you know, uh, disgruntled fan base came from with Last Jedi is in some way. And, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to include myself there from the initial standpoint because I, I definitely – this was part of my disappointment. As much as you know this isn't Luke's story anymore, a lot of us still wanted him to be the hero. Um, and to be yeah. fair, he was the hero in Last Jedi um, at the end. Um, but this isn't his story anymore, right? Like, that's very clear. And I'm okay with that. Um, so I don't think, like, to say he's going to have a major role, I'm hesitant to say that because it's not his story. So in the same way that Obi-Wan was a an integral role in the original trilogy, I could see Luke being an integral role, but not a major role. This is Ray's story. This is Ray's journey. She needs to figure it out in the same way that even Luke did, right? Like Luke transcends what Obi-Wan says to him in Return of the Jedi. So I think Luke will be there in some way to confirm for her, but not define for her where her journey needs to go. I just said a lot. I apologize. I hand it over <laughs> to you two. I uh, I feel kind of the opposite. I feel mm. like um, Ray is is done with Luke. She got you know closure when she felt him passing, and and there 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 wasn't fear or pain. It was peace and purpose, you know. And and um, but I I do feel like we'll see Luke, but it will be for Kylo instead of pointing and confirming mm. for Ray. Uh, Luke will be pointing and confirming for Kylo or, you know, having him confront what he needs to confront in some way because the, the, that journey isn't finished, you know, and, and it was to Kylo that Luke said, so you round kid, you know, so I'm pretty, I, that's the relationship I think that Luke is going to be there for is, is to, to see things through with, uh, with Kylo, especially since sadly Carrie Fisher isn't with us to, to culminate, you know, to, to heal the rift that, that, you know, I split their family, you know, so I, I'm that's how I that's what I see happening. That's like my my theory. Nice. Uh. That's a very good theory, too. But I, I don't know how he's going to be used. I, I think he could be used with Ray. I think he could be used with Kylo. Perhaps he's used as both. But I do agree with you that it will be not a major role, but a, a, an important role. He will have he will a pivotal role to play, but it will not be the most important. And it will not he will not be a major player. Uh, maybe three or four scenes tops, I think. Yeah, um, I'm, uh, that's my prediction. Three or four scenes, um, but we'll see. You know, uh, who knows? Maybe he just sort of like stands there when people are making decisions, and it's either you know, depending on who's the, making that decision. Like if Ray is making the decision, it's like okay, good, it's a confirmation. But if it's Kylo making the decision, it's like oh god, I'm you know he's judging me sort of thing you know yeah. um but you know maybe he just stands there all the time and doesn't say a word um <laughs> just looks <laughs> see you around just you know or he just shows up and says told you i'd see you around kid 
Right? <laughs> right. He just disappears. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody I mean, can see me waving my hands. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, we know that Mark Hamill can can just come in and do you know one hell of a stare for a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So maybe that's all he does. The maybe trilogy we... ends the way it began. <laughs> Mark Hamill staring. <laughs> Love it. Um, all right. So I think it's, it's my turn, right? Yes. All right. I'm going to grab one of the questions that we got from Rick Z. Um, I, it, it, that's his name, but not exactly the Twitter handle. But Rick Z, he asked several questions. So we probably <laughs> won't get to all of them. But um, I like this question where he says, whose kyber crystal did Ben Solo, Kylo Ren, bleed to make his own? Was it Luke's green one, Vader's red one? Um, remember, Luke and Ben went looking for ancient Jedi and Sith artifacts. There's a chance that something relative to these theories can be true. So who do you guys uh, think Kyber Crystal Kylo Ren used? His own. His own. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Jinx. Yep. You owe me yep. a Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm on the same boat. I actually think it was his own, too. Yeah, he he had a lightsaber, you know, and it as far as we know, it wasn't destroyed and the the hilt looks similar to the base of, you know, the the, the base of what he has now. Um at least in the flashback scenes. So, I I think it's his own. He he's a tinkerer when it comes to lightsabers and he's up the ante with his, given it, you know, hand guards and bled it so much that it looks like it's cracked. Um so but yeah, yeah, I'd say it's its own. And I, I think, like the symbolism of that because yeah. it's not necessarily that he's you know corrupting somebody else's goodness. He's just corrupting his own goodness, right? You know, and twisting which, it, which is so perfect for his arc too, right? Yep. Like yep. he is someone who came. Like one of the first things said to him by Lor Santeca is the you know the first order rose from the dark side. You did not. Right? <laughs> like, he's not of that. And this, oh my gosh, guys, it's like what? with Han Solo in Solo, a Star Wars <laughs> story, right? Like, that great shot of Han, like, stepping into the silhouette of the dark yeah. clouds of the Sabacc chamber. Han is someone who grew up in the dark, but he's not claimed by the dark. Kylo grew up in the light, but refuses to be claimed by it. Yeah. Um, how interesting. But yeah, I'm with you guys too, though. I, I think it's his own. And it, again, I think it's important, this, the symbolism of that. And almost like like as a final act of denouncing the fact that he was Ben Solo is to, yeah. to corrupt well, it, his own, to corrupt his own yeah. goodness. It it makes his anguish very self-contained, which I like, you know, mm. because that's, that's what the Sith do, right? They think only inward of themselves, right? Yeah. Um, and and if he had corrupted, say, like that legacy lightsaber, the Skywalker saber, that symbol would be very different. It's like, you know, I, I'm corrupting this entire line, you yeah. know, my bloodline. But no, it's it's just all of that pain and anguish is inside of himself. So I, I really like that. And I think that's so perfect for his arc. And also think like Anakin mm-hmm. didn't have that luxury, right? Like his lightsaber mm-hmm. was no. gone. I wouldn't be surprised if he had just used his own. Um so yeah, like it makes sense that he just takes what was his, the goodness that he was, and just yeah, totally disrupts it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, good question. Good, great question, Rixie. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, Jason, Katie, Katie, Katie. Sorry, <laughs> it's all right. I'm gonna go with this question from Human Launchpad on Twitter. Oh, good one. Uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good, great question. <laughs> Why is redemption such a big thing in the lair? Anakin was pure evil, killed younglings. Even Luke's new public funeral wasn't right. Luke knew public funeral wasn't right. 
Kylo's first scene was striking down an unarmed old man and then ordering murder of entire innocent village. Zero room for for redemption from me. Hashtag life in jail. <laughs> you like my? I should put me in a radio drama, you guys. <laughs> I mean, yeah, um, totally. I, I, this is that. this is why redemption is it's it's not just big in the layer. Redemption is one of the central themes of Star Wars, yes. right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and I don't mean to like sound patronizing here, um, uh, Human Launchpad. Um, it's a great question. Um, but I think this is what makes Star Wars Star Wars, right? Darth Vader, like before the prequels ever came out, before that stuff even existed, Darth Vader and Episodes Four and Five is. Created to be one of the most incredible villains in movie history, irredeemable. What everybody would assume. The point of Star Wars is to say that no one is irredeemable, and I love that message. I think that is immensely important. No one is beyond redemption. Now, redemption doesn't mean that you just, oh, everything's okay and hunky dory. I don't think those are, you know, those go one and the same, but. Mm-hmm. If Darth Vader can be saved, there's no reason Ben Solo can't be saved. Um, again, what is that? What is what is life beyond redemption look like? That's certainly up for debate. I think in the original trilogy timeline, it made sense that Vader kind of had to die, um, right? There's no way he can just go back to the light and everything's okay. Um, the the point about Luke making it a non-public funeral, it's it's not about shame. I don't think it's, he's not doing that out of shame. He's doing that because this is an impe- intensely personal thing for Luke, right? Mm-hmm. It's, yes. it's not about making it public for public sake. This is about Luke symbolically destroying what his father no longer was. And that's, that's important for Luke's personal journey. That's why it's not anything beyond that. Um, and that's why, th- yeah, like, yes, he killed younglings. I, I, Totally disagree, though, that he's purely evil. He's not purely evil. The only character I would argue is purely evil is is Sheev Palpatine. Um, yes, you know, I and, and I'm also of the opinion that really no one is purely evil. Like anyone can be redeemed. I mean, you have to be open to it, and there's a lot of people who aren't. Um, yeah, but you know, and to this point, I and I'd be curious to hear what you have to say. Katie. Ben Solo mm-hmm. has been closed off to that sense of redemption. He's turned it down every chance he's gotten. Um, but I'd still think. He's redeemable. Um, And again, I think that's important to us both in the show, but I also think beyond the show, it's important to Star Wars because it's the central theme of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I want to clarify, redemption and forgiveness does not mean ablution of the crimes and the sins. You know, you still have to pay the price. You still have consequences for what you do. Um, Forgiveness and redemption is of the soul. It's not of the the, the deeds, you know. Um, and 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 anyone who commits these kinds of terrible acts, especially when they're in pain and they're in turmoil and things like that, in Star Wars, are shown to have the ability to be redeemed. You know, obviously that, that is the huge primary driving force in from the prequels to the original trilogy is with the character of Anakin and Vader. Um, it still doesn't excuse the fact that Anakin killed younglings and Vader slaughtered millions. You know, it doesn't excuse that fact, but the person themselves on a spiritual level on a, you know, through the force is redeemed 
if Vader had survived, he probably still would have had to face consequences for those crimes. You know, he probably still would have been tried for war crimes by the by the rebellion if he had survived, if he had lived. There's no way around it. But redemption and forgiveness does not mean that we just accept what they did, the, 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 the wrongs that they did. So I think that's an important point to, to yeah. an important distinction to make. Hmm. So what are your thoughts? Oh yeah. I just, I think it's a big theme around here because it, it is something that we all enjoy. And I know yes. for me, I, I want to believe in goodness. I want to believe in the per- pervasive nature of goodness. Hmm. And that means that goodness can, can dwell even within the darkest heart, you know, and somebody can be twisted up and angry and fearful and all those things, but that goodness can still come out if they choose to believe in it. That's just, I don't know. That's something that I want to believe in. So I do. And and I love to see it in my stories because, you know, when we see it in our stories, we believe that it, it is something that we can have in real life. You know, that's that's what storytelling is. It's a mirror. It's a reflection of the things that we see inside ourselves and we want to bring out into the world. So that's that's why it's such a big thing around here, because we all enjoy it. We all want to see it and believe in it. So, yeah. 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 Now it's Jason's turn. All right. I feel like I'm <laughs> going to get very different answers with this question from Jeff Keltz. In your future speculative headcanon, what would your penultimate ending shot of episode nine be? I'm talking about the characters, planet, background, foreground, whatever. What would warm your Star Wars cockles? <laughs> Cock- I like the use of the word cockles here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, what the final shot of episode nine, what would that be if you were Well, penultimate means before the last. Well, I'm pretty sure he means that final shot before it, Iris is out to credits. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I have to um actually. I have to be that person. We're just going to be um actually tonight. <laughs> um, really quick, just just for the sake of um trying to punch in something similar. So that's a great question from Jeffy, and I also want to work it into this question from Sartaj because Sartaj had one other question. It's very similar, where he says, um, "Would this would nine being the closing chapter in the Skywalker saga? What are you hoping?" To for the last shot, do you want it to be a grand statement that speaks to the saga as a whole, or perhaps something intimate, uh, an intimate final note that provides closure for the new characters? So I think those questions are very similar. So I just kind of want to group them yes. together. The, great question for both Sartage and Jeffrey. So again, mm-hmm. both about closing shots. So um, Katie, you you feel this first. What do you think? What- oh no, because I have so many different ideas. On the one hand, I want like a big, uh, like the end of the Phantom Menace, you know, just everybody's there and everybody's cheering, you know, it's, it's, so it's kind of like the throne room scene, but I don't want it specifically to be in a throne room. Maybe just, you want it to be in a chapel with a yes, wedding. Yes. I want it bells. to be a wedding. Exactly. <laughs> and just everybody's happy, you know, Iris is out on, you know, on, 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 on Ray and Kylo just kissing like, it's like the end of the little mermaid, you know, like, <laughs> They, they kiss and then and then the movie's over like <laughs> that's it like uh but but then on the other hand i i would love if the final shot was the falcon shooting off into space you know mm. and and we iris out on on hyperspace like oh my gosh like 
especially if Ray and Kylo were boarded together, and it's just like <laughs> off to the next adventure. Da 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 da. Like, oh my god. So I have so many thoughts. What I think we'll get is a big group shot, like the end of mm. A New Hope or the end of The Phantom Menace. Uh, just to, you know, it's like, oh, see, everybody's together. Revenge of the uh, uh, Return of the Jedi style. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I, I think I think Return of the Jedi is a good one to look at for mm. this. Um, I honestly think it might be multi-layered. Like you're going to have stuff happening in the foreground, some maybe something happening in the background. Um, I don't know. For whatever reason, the shot that you know sort of sticks in my mind is the galaxy is celebrating the end of the war, and our heroes are kind of by themselves, decompressing, going, oh. "We did it." Oh, and, it's like more intimate, yeah. Yeah, more intimate, oh. and and maybe you know we've got all the resistance heroes and stuff in the foreground, and we see Ray walking away in the background onto her next journey, onto her next adventure, you know, alone, not alone, surely not alone. BB eights with her. Oh, <laughs> I just want her to bring her friends, bring her I friends. Don't know. I don't or, want her to be alone it's anymore. It's going to be Chewbacca actually. I'm, oh, yeah. <laughs> Chewie and R2. Yeah. I think, I think they would, I think that might be an interesting shot. So, but I I do think it's going to be more contained to uh, to to Sarge Chacha's question. I think it's going to be more contained to this trilogy. Uh, the only thing I can think of that it might extend back to the the saga as a whole is if we have a Force Ghost or two show up, like Yoda and Luke. Uh, but we've never had a Force Ghost in a final shot. Um. They were almost in the final shot in Return of the Jedi, but uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, ah. yeah. Um, as far as what I'd like to see, um, I made this known on Twitter and got some weird responses, but I don't <laughs> care. I'm going to say it again. Um, I I'd love to see uh, a Force Ghost of Han, Luke, and Leia. I don't care that Han's not a Jedi. Um, I disagree with people that think it makes no sense because I think it does make sense and it makes immense sense with what Disney has done with the force. Um, and I, you know, I heard a lot of people saying, well, like if that happens then these people need to be force ghosts too. my response to that is no, cause it doesn't make sense to the story. Um, <laughs> the reason a force ghost of Han would make sense for Ray is cause she freaking knew him. She didn't know Padme. She didn't know these other characters. And it's not because right. I don't like Padme or these other characters. It's not that I don't think they are, should be Force Ghosts. It's not about that. It's about storytelling. Um, mm-hmm. For Rey, she never had a relationship with those characters. We, we're not going to see them. Which, again, is making me think, as much as I would like, in some way, love a Force Ghost of Hayden Christensen, I, don't, I think it's becoming less and less likely because, again, it doesn't really make sense for the story. Um, Ray certainly not. Kylo, it's becoming decreasingly less the case, um, right? Force ghosts only can appear to people open to them who they've had relationships with. I mean, that's that's how canon has been established. So, do I think that Han, Luke, and Leia will appear? It's 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 probably not likely that Han Han will be there. Less and maybe even unlikely that Leia. Very likely that Luke. Um, very debatable that Yoda would be there because again, Ray doesn't know Yoda. Um, I mean, she's probably heard of him, but she doesn't know him. And that's the thing: the Force ghosts are about relationships. 
Um, and the reason I would love it with Han, Luke, and Leia is, again, because I think it would mirror what we got in Return of the Jedi. Like The reason Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Yoda, they're kind of the big three heroes in a way of the prequel trilogy. I mean, yes, Padme is a hero of it too, but again, like Luke and Luke never knew her. Like he just didn't. Like that's it's and it's a sad truth of his existence that he <laughs> never got to know his mother cuz she's amazing. Um Right. But, he has no real memories of her. Right. Yeah. So again, um and and somebody made a point of like, "Oh, that just seems like a bit fan service." And yeah, it kind of is, <laughs> and and I don't dismiss that. Um but I think it's also It'd be important for Ray in the sense of the fact that it kind of ties together the last trilogy with this one, which by extension connects it to all three. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so, yeah, I'd like to see that. I don't think it'll happen, but I would like to see it. Um, and here's again, like why I'd love it for Han, because it shows that the force responds to his sacrifice, right? Like mm-hmm. Han doesn't go there expecting to some sort of eternal life. He just goes there out of love for his son. And I would just love that the force envelopes him and, and brings him back. You know, Aww, I just think yeah. that'd be really beautiful. Um, but uh, how I think it'll end is I do think it'll end with a closing shot of our new characters because it's their story. And that's mm-hmm. who we deserve to see last. Um, mm-hmm. But if we're going to connect it to all three trilogies, then, yes, I think we'll definitely in some way see Luke and possibly Leia and even less possibly Han. But it, and again, as much as I'd love to see Force Ghost Anakin, I don't think that's likely. And I love Force Ghost Yoda, but again, don't think it makes sense. And even and again, same with Obi Wan. Like, sure, I'd love to see a Force Ghost of Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan, but it doesn't really make sense for the story. So, um, so that's kind of that's kind of what I want and what I kind of expect. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so great questions. I mean, it's bold of me to assume that I'll even be able to see the ending through my tears. <laughs> <laughs> That is fair. No matter no matter what it is, I'm going to be a mess. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so I believe it's my turn to ask a question. It is. So real quick, yeah. So thank you to both Jeffrey and and Sartaj for those questions. Those were great. Um, Jeffrey, right? That was Jeffrey yes. Kelts. Yeah. Um, so I love this question um, that we got from um, Bobby, who we had on not too long ago um, on the show. And did you guys see his question? It's so fun. Uh, oh, yes. What do we think oh. Shakespeare yeah. would think of the great rock band known as Nickelback? Never made it <laughs> I mean, he'd love that. How could you not? Good old bard. Listen, listen to that iambic pentameter right there. Oh, yeah. you remind me. Sorry. I had to cue that up. I love Nickelback. They're so fun. He'd be all like, he'd be all, he, oh my gosh. So the bard would look at Nickelback and think, you know, where, where's the tragic circumstance? Where's, you know, the cruel fate tearing at these people's <laughs> lives? You know, I, I mean, is it really a story if someone's not, you know, eating a pie made of the flesh of their own? <laughs> like, is it, that's like. Uh. No, oh. the the bard would like would want to rewrite all their songs to make them better. Um, oh, I think he's like, awesome. yeah, they, we need we need better lyrics. Are you kidding me? This song "Far Away" touches my heart every time. Oh, oh yeah, here we go. Oh, 
This is Anakin to Padme like, during the Clone Wars. He misses her, guys. No, he just misses no, no. Her. The Bard would be like, describe how you miss her. Why do you miss her? You know, I miss you like the sun or whatever. You know, there's all this stuff. You know, he's like, you got it. Yeah. How do you miss her? That's... Don't just say I love you, I miss you. It's describe it. <laughs> no, I need it. I need uh, a cut of you know of of Anakin staring out across Coruscant and Padme staring back from her apartment and she's like, I miss you. Oh, challenge accepted. Really quick, I I do have a serious question. I I think Bobby asked that for fun, so thank you, Bobby. That was <laughs> thank I, you, Bobby. And getting a Nickelback. Um, but this is this is a really fun question for. From uh, Jeffrey Beaumont, and Jeffrey's been with us for a long time. So great, thank you for for playing always, Jeffrey. So he says, <laughs> "What do you guys? Uh, what would have what would have happened to the universe and to himself if Master Luke went full Sith at the end of Return of the Jedi? Could he single handedly destroy the Emperor and Darth Vader?" Yes. No. I'm with nah. Katie. No way. Yeah. No. no? Way. No. no. Luke's not that strong. He just believes hard enough. Like, that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> yes. I mean, yeah. If the, he went the, full Sith and believed hard enough, don't you think, you know, you combine all that together? Maybe, maybe, just maybe? Here's, no. So, here, so here's why I think no, too. Um, okay. Sheev, good old Sheev. Convince me. Yeah. Convince she, me. And, well, it, yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to say you're wrong. Um, but, yeah, the, my reasoning <laughs> no, I, is I think that Sheev is smart enough to know, like, yeah, he wants Luke to fall, but I don't think he'd be so... I don't think he'd welcome him so willingly in to just be overthrown. This is Sheev Palpatine. He thinks he can handle Luke. And I'm with you, Katie, like, in the sense of, like, he's just... he. Like he's strong enough in the force and he believes enough to do what he needs to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's also defining what it means to be a Jedi over and against how the old way of being a Jedi was believed um but yeah she's not afraid of him in a power standpoint um i don't think he doesn't know enough about this stuff like he doesn't even know how to deflect force lightning right, right. like look how easily obi-wan does it in attack of the clones against dooku like yeah. luke just doesn't know these things he's never seen that power before so that's why i think Sheev. Um, like I think, he, yeah, he, it, he had the potential. Like if he'd taken on full training and became like a full Sith Lord, yeah, I think he'd event, he'd quickly be able to overthrow Palpatine with time, but not in that moment. Not in that moment. Like he's strong, but not strong enough. I mean, Vader wasn't even strong enough to overthrow him. Right. Like yeah. you know, he was he, always a dog. He was just yeah, his, right. He was his he's just, yeah, yeah. And um, for me, it's that. The point is that Palpatine can't be destroyed with darkness. You know, darkness can't destroy more darkness. And so there was no dark side power that Luke could have unlocked to, to take him down. He could only be destroyed by by that pervasive goodness that we talked about before. Um, and, and so I and again, the force is not a power you have. It's not about lifting rocks. <laughs> So it it, does, it doesn't matter how how strong he was that that was never going to to do it and the dark side way of thinking is is thinking that it is a power that he has so if he had given into it there's no way there's no way he could have taken Palpatine no. and Vader Mm-mm. okay I agree uh. you're right I've reconsidered <laughs> my point uh, because <laughs> if Luke had turned to the dark side he loses the strength of the moment that he has Mm -hmm. because his strength is the purity and the goodness and the only light in that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, you're right. Palpatine lives in the dark and, um, 
so that is where he is most at home and most equipped to deal with these things. So you're right. It, it, Luke would not have Luke would have been kowtowed rather easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yep. Good old lightning blast to the chest. I'll right. take care of it. That'll cure all your Luke Skywalker ales. You know, <laughs> that the the great movie Dark Knight Rises when Bane says, "Oh, you think darkness is your ally? <laughs> you merely adopted the dark. I was born in it, molded by it. I didn't see the light till I was a man." <laughs> That's Palpatine. <laughs> we gotta watch. We gotta watch Batman together sometime. Oh, Carl. Yes, we I gotta. love those movies. <laughs> um, oh, so, Katie, I believe it's on to you. Oh, it's on to me. I'm going to go with this question from Jeff Fishbach here. Oh, great. That says, uh, what are your favorite, or should I say, wildest theories about Star Wars Episode Nine? What do you guys got? You got any wild theories here? Well, first of all, I I haven't looked at any of the wild theories out there. Um, I'm pointedly ignoring all the wild theories out there. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Because I don't want to to uh, <laughs> either get my hopes up or entertain the ridiculousness because mm. some of them are ridiculous. Yeah. Um, do I have any wild theories? I generally don't. I generally kind of shut down my my brain mm. unless I'm considering specific things, specific questions. I generally don't go crazy on these sort of things. Yeah. I mean, I think I think my wildest theory is still the idea that. Um, we, we talked about a couple episodes ago where, where Hux shows up with half an arm uh, from an altercation and we just oh. don't talk about it. Oh. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's never explained. It's yeah. never explained. <laughs> just a while. Yeah. No, you know, and, and I'm kind of with you, Jason, in the sense that like I don't really pay attention much to the theories because I find a lot of them um, a bit out there and, and ridiculous as a result. And, mm. and there still are a lot of theories and and I don't mean to come across as a jerk here, um, but there are a lot of theories where, again, there's it's a lot of people that are just still really ingrained with like just like wanting things certain ways. And I'll say Last Jedi broke me. And initially oh. I would say it broke me in a and I mean, I was very aggressively against Last <laughs> Jedi for for its initial few months. I, I will own it. But I, now I really do feel like it broke me in all the right ways. Um, mm. And I think that was part of its intentionality is it broke me from all what I just expected of Star Wars and it gave me what Star Wars needs to be. Um, and because of that, I kind of really distanced myself from trying to have too many expectations. Now, I want to say, like, part of being a Star Wars fan, right, is theorizing about things. Like, that's fun. Yes. Like, it's, it's a great discussion to have. Um, and I, so I think, like, we can get into some of, like, like legitimate discussion about like where do we think Ray's going and Kylo and, and Hux and Poe, right? Like yes. those are all valid discussions. Yes. But as far as like wild theories, I don't haven't well, I guess my wildest theory is Han as a force ghost. That's my wildest Ooh, theory. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Because <laughs> it is wild. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, That's exactly what we're talking about. It is a bit fan servicey to be fair. Um I'm a fan. I enjoy being serviced. Like right. I'm just gonna say oh, it. Oh yeah. Yes. Right? Right. Some I, people some people throw that I, around like it's something negative, which I think is also unfair because it's like we are fans, like we want to be serviced. Like all really? of Star <laughs> all of Star Wars is a fan service. Even though Last Jedi may have broke you, it's still fan service. Exactly. In so many ways. Like <laughs> 
It's, it's like that's not a bad thing. Um, exactly. Oh my god. But yeah, so I don't I don't prescribe any of the wild theories because I just find them kind of silly. Like a lot of them are still floating around about like oh Plagueis is going to be this that or that. Plagueis mm. is not involved and and he doesn't no. and he shouldn't be. Um, no. Palpatine oh. not involved. Darth Maul comes back. Darth Maul. Oh, Darth Maul and Kira <laughs> were raised parents the whole time. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh or my gosh. or. Or Rey is the daughter of Han and Kira. <gasps> Boom. She's their time travel baby. Because right. Because <laughs> there's no way she's age appropriate for that. No. Han slipped up, y'all. Han was being Han. Oh, Han's was, not perfect. Super not. Oh, no. Yeah, like he and Leia are on the Don't out. you do that to Leia. Yeah. <laughs> don't you do that to yeah. Leia. Well, Han, Han's, Han, like I love Han, but Han can be a bit of a, a dummy. So, yeah, you can be kind of selfish sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would have been so sad. I hope. All right, here's true. here's my wild theory. <laughs> Let's hear it. It's in a similar vein to yours, to yours, Carl. All right. So it's set three years after uh, the, the uh, nine is three years after eight, and Kylo and Ray are you know oh lightsabers crossed, and Ray is like Ben, come back to the light, and he's like. Give me one good reason. And she says, our son. And then into the room walks a two-year-old boy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Turns out you can get pregnant from hand touching across the galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they always – I think it was Lawrence Kasdan that said that like a kiss in Star Wars equates sex, right? Like. (laughs) They're not those movies. So well, so I don't know if they necessarily had sex by hand, touching hands, but they definitely went to like second or third base. So. Yes. <laughs> my, that's, my, my. that's my wild theory is that, uh, is that between movies, Ray will have given birth to, uh, to Kylo Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Kylo, yeah, that's what she chooses to. This is exactly Kylo Jr. She names Oh my goodness. (laughs) 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 All right. So we're going to have time for just a couple more questions. So it's my turn, I believe, right? It's my turn. So it's it's my turn. Oh, damn it. I'm really bad at this. Sorry. You want to do one more each, maybe? Yeah. Am I I after Jason? Yes, you're after me. Okay. So I've actually got two because they're going to be quick questions. Okay. Um, First, from Eliezer Rodriguez says, I love the radio dramas and was wondering, since we do not have and I do not think we are going to get radio dramas for the prequels, would you guys be down to making your own prequel radio dramas? If someone wants to come up with a script and help us do that, I will totally be down with it. Oh, I'm so into it. Yeah. yeah same here. <laughs> right. Yeah. The the amount of work that goes into writing them, I I don't have the skill for that. So yeah. or the time. writing, producing, sound yeah. editing, sound yeah, ed- yeah. No. like because those radio dramas are like they're tight, like they're good, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the sound quality, the music cues, the the acting too, right? The acting is to me almost the easiest part. If you got a script, <laughs> like you can get a decently talented person to do that, but. Again, yeah. I'm still all on board with somebody talented. Um, not saying that we're not talented, but those maybe that's not our talent. But I would love someone to write those radio dramas, and I'd love like Cat Tabor, James Arnold Taylor, like Matt Lanter. I'd love to hear them do the radio dramas. That'd be awesome. Yes. And I remember somebody retweeted us saying that, and James Arnold Taylor retweeted it, and like he was all Aww. on board. So I'd love Aww. that. That'd be so cool. Yeah. Yes. So. It would. 
We wish we could, Eliezer. So thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I mean, if, if we had the abilities to do the sound editing and the script writing for it, totally. Um, but uh, the other question is going to be from Joseph Singleton. If you could swap Hayden Christensen for any actor to be Anakin, who would it be? Mm. Oh. I'm going to go ahead and, and give a cheat here and say Matt Lanter. Ooh. Um, yeah. Not that I would want to change Hayden Christensen out, sure, because I'm I'm so completely used to the fact that he's there, and if you switch him out now, I'm gonna just kind of be like, "Why'd you do that, you idiots?" Um, that was weird. Sorry, but um, but the only other one I can think of right now who I would switch him out would be Matt Lanter, and that's because he played the same character. So, um, <laughs> I'm totally. Copping out on that one. <laughs> I got one. Yeah, what you got? Uh, you and McGregor. You and McGregor. <laughs> it's just you and McGregor playing both roles. <laughs> so that, like, when he's all like, why do I get the feeling we've picked up another big pathetic life form? He's actually talking about himself. <laughs> Anakin Skywalker meets Obi-Wan Kenobi. Pleased to meet you. <laughs> We're <laughs> talking about Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith here, Katie. <laughs> I don't care. And then it's like, you were my brother, Anakin. I loved you. I hate you. Just, <laughs> Why do same. I feel you're going to be the death of me? <laughs> don't say that, Master. It's just the same. But they're both you. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me tonight. <laughs> I, just... <laughs> oh my I love it. Carl, do you have a real answer? Um... Something that's not a cop out or something ridiculous. <laughs> I would say, um, and again, like not uh, not to throw any shade at Hayden because I think, oh, like he does really well at certain parts. Um, in all honesty, I got a couple responses. One with what Alden did with Han, I think Alden would have been a great Hayden. Oh, that would have been would have been a great Anakin. Like I think Alden Ehrenreich really showed his acting chops as Han. Yeah, um, he could, and sh- and showed like the ability to act with emotional range. Um, but actually the person I would, I would pick, um, is Toby Maguire. Just think of Spider-Man three. Um, just just kidding. Lots of people are throwing up right now. Um, I do love, I do love Toby Maguire, but I don't think he, he could play. He couldn't play a dark character. Believably (laughs) enough. I don't, but there's something so earnest about him, and there's something so earnest about Anakin. I don't know. No, I could t- see it. I do, have, but my real answer would be uh, an actor named Mike Vogel, um, who he's in the the original movie Cloverfield. Cloverfield is one of my favorite movies of all time. He plays um, Jason Hawkins in the movie. Um, he he's the brother of one of the main characters. There's just something about how believable oh. he acts, and he he plays a very emotional character without being overly dramatic. Um, he just he has a great acting range. Um, he's also like easy on the eyes, which I don't mind, um, and like has the right <laughs> physique for like a, a younger Darth Vader, a better physique than Hayden Christensen in the sense of like he's just a little bit beefier without being like a bodybuilder. Um, but right, like Hayden is always a little too skinny <laughs> um, <laughs> to like become David Prowse. <laughs> um, but Mike Vogel would uh, would do a. I just feel like he'd do a really good job. And again, he's. Like Hayden Christensen, he's a lesser-known actor, which is something George wanted. Um, so that would be my actual serious answer. And to be completely honest, now that I'm thinking about it, like my God, he would have been an awesome Anakin Skywalker. So um, I'm I'm looking at him right now. I googled him, 
And uh, yeah, he could. He could definitely yeah. uh, have have pulled off the look. I have, I'm not very familiar with his talents. so yeah, I, I only I know him in that. Cloverfield, too. So I don't really, I'm not familiar beyond that movie. Um, yeah. I hold that movie in very high esteem. But yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah no, uh, just based on his looks, he could definitely get the look of, of, of Anakin. Right. Yeah. So, and obviously cool. anybody could look like Anakin. I mean, the only time we ever right. see him is he's he's just a burned potato head. So, like, <laughs> it's not hard. <laughs> crispy Anakin. Yeah. He's just the chip that Palpatine didn't throw away. <laughs> to use Katie's analogy. <laughs> exactly. He's like, I could, he like hovered over the trash can for a bit. Like, uh, nah, no. popped it in his mouth. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, um, all right. So now it's my turn. Yes. All right. I'm gonna. So we're gonna go with uh, a, this person's got a great name. Her name's Katie. Um, yes. So Katie Varu <laughs> asks, um, "Are there any scenes you would omit from any of the films?" So that's a big question. But are there any particular scenes that jump out to either of you, obviously myself included, that we would potentially um, omit from the films? Uh, I've got they're some. All, they're all amazing. Got, oh, because I got a couple. Oh, um, so hard. So. I, I would just say shorten the pod race. Again, get rid of all the scenes that added. Um, Bite your tongue, sir. Uh, I, <laughs> I own that proudly. It's too damn long in the Blu-ray release. Get, go back to the theatrical cut. It was perfect. They added way too much. So I would definitely cut some of those scenes. It no, needs to be two hours we, longer. Oh God. I disagree because the theatrical release had no Gascano. And, was, <laughs> and I need Gascano. I mean, you see him for a second. That's enough for me. Oh, oh, sir, you do not understand. <laughs> if we if we omit the scene where Padme dies, does that mean she gets to live? Is that is that how that works? Can I? Is that how that works? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm trying to think if there's re- honestly anything else though. I, I, oh, uh, I mean, there's some things. No, no. So to be fair, like I think like this is a valid question of because right in some way I think it could just be like other scenes you just don't like. Um, but to me, I'm reading this more as is like, are there things you could get rid of to just maybe make a tighter movie? That's how I'm interpreting it. That's why I go with the mm-hmm. pod racer stuff. Cause again, I'm not saying it's like garbage, but to me, it would just make it a, a tighter piece. Um, well, the thing, my the next thing, thought was like, Oh, sorry, but like, it, Oh, no, it's okay. Yeah. It's just um, like, I get, yeah. I love the pod race, but I get where you're coming from, from a filmmaking perspective, because the point of the pod race is to get from, you know, Anakin's a slave to, we have the money and we can leave. And right. that. It doesn't matter if it's five minutes or 50 minutes because the result is the same. Right. So that's, yeah, sorry. Right, right, no. Yeah, but like I was thinking of like there's, you know, the entire Fathier chase on The Last Jedi. I will never watch that scene again unless Mm -hmm. I have to because I just don't enjoy it. But do I think it needs to be omitted? No. Like it makes sense for the story. Like it's there for a reason. I don't think it's bad. It's just not a scene I enjoy. Jedi rocks. I'd omit that and just put in Lappy <laughs> Neck. What belongs there. Just, so. If you cut it out of your movie, just bring it on over to mine. I'll watch two scenes of Fair Jedi enough. rocks. <laughs> just to watch it twice. Um, but yeah, that's I'm with Katie on that one. <laughs> um, but anything else you guys can think of for that? No, not for me. I love, I mean, I love every minute of Star Wars. I want it all there all the time. I, I'm always the kind of person who's like, well, why did they have to cut those deleted scenes? Why yes. don't you leave them in? Yeah. You know, that's me. I, I would five hours long. Every right. Star Wars movie, five hours long. I would do that. I would totally do that. So I, I'm a terrible person to ask this question to because I, 
I just want more Star Wars, and any Star Wars is good Star Wars. Well, not that's not entirely true, <laughs> but um, you know, it, you get the idea. I, I'm a yeah. terrible person to ask this question to. Um, I feel like there could have been things trimmed in The Last Jedi because it is such a long and dense movie, but I can't give you anything specific right now because oh, I, I, I would need to watch it again. <laughs> and, I, actually, I know you said The Father Chase. but No, it's not The Father Chase. I would, so I posit not necessarily, om- not necessarily just a straight omit, but I, I posit just a trade. Uh, instead of the Luke drinking the blue, the green milk, get rid of that because like we've done enough to establish that he's in exile. We don't need this like weird scene. He's Give gross. us the scene where he mourns Han. Like Aww. that's way more important. And even like mm-hmm. Mark Hamill tweeted that too, right? Like I don't understand why I need to be drinking from a space cow. Give me my, <laughs> give me my emotional scene, which he also <laughs> acts the hell out of. Like it's perfect. Um, so I would, so I posit not omit but trade. Get rid of yeah. the scene that further establishes something we've already been told and give us something with way more emotional weight. So. Yeah, maybe extend the scene with the dice when he when he pulls the yeah. dice out of the Falcon. Yeah. yeah. Something like that, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. so well, I'll, do, I'll do my last question, yeah? Yeah, do it up. Oh, but this one comes from my friend Tammy on Twitter, at Ben's Calligraphy. She asks, if you were Maul's costume designer, what would his costume look like? It, it's perfect. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. I, I do love that as the years have gone on, though, like he just he's just not he's naked all the time now to straight up. <laughs> it's like, you know, in the comic books, because, you know, they don't have to, like, put any paint on anybody. They just have to draw it. They just um like. It's actually kind of a running joke where it's like, how many pages until he loses his shirt? Because it's it's never more than three. Three pages, shirt gone. Like, <laughs> which is just like, his tattoos are actually like an amazing costume just because they describe his personality so well. But I really like his black robes. Um, they're, they're really good. I like how uh, they were intentionally made to look like Jedi robes, but, you know, dark and you know and fluid the way he moves there's just so much fabric that he looks like a shadow sweeping up you know to, to attack Qui-Gon Jinn oh, uh, yeah, in the that, desert it's like oh, that's, that's so, that is such a great fight scene right and, it's, and the costuming work there is just fantastic it's quite the introduction for Darth Maul um oh and I want to say that in in the Age of Republic Darth Maul comic when we see him in white robes you guys <laughs> My boy looks good in white. I know that like I know that in Star Wars you have to earn the color white. Like you can't you can't just be walking around in the color white for no reason. But I want to see him wear white. <laughs> like all the time. <laughs> he looks so good. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. Um, I I can't really add to that answer. <laughs> I I think he looks great as he is. I'm terrible when it comes to designing these things. Mm. I can act the hell out of them afterwards if you want me to. <laughs> but designing them, uh-uh. Nope. I need that inspiration to inform the acting decisions. Mm. So I'm like, gotcha. I, I, yeah. I, I can't just create something on a page like that. That's not my forte. Sure. So. Oh, that's uh, fair. Yeah, I, I don't have a strong buy into this, but I'll just say this. Uh-huh. I adore Katie. And I would design his costume to just be a really small black loincloth. That's it. That's it. I love it. I'm looking out for my friend so Katie. Good. 
Just looking out for you, Katie. Uh, his, his he's got like those. He's got like those really small, tight workout shorts. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Or oh, actually, <laughs> this would actually be real hot. Um, I love those new like workout pants where they're like really skinny fit, and then they have like yes. the, the pant bottom. I gotta buy a pair of those. But yeah. just him wearing like love- a space version of those, but no top. Oh so, my gosh! But just maybe like, his necklace, like the Crimson Dawn necklace, because that's lit. Just so. have like, oh my gosh, yeah, the Crimson Dawn necklace, and then just like black yoga pants. Just like yeah. that's it. That's the ideal Darth Maul. Boom! <laughs> oh, boom! We did it. We solved it, you guys. <laughs> All right. Is it my last one? It's yeah. your last question. All right. Um, I'm going to knock out a couple of them with this. Um, Jeff Fishbach asks, could Ray still be a Skywalker? Clopoon asks, uh, do you think Ray's parents have yet to be revealed? And then uh, Jay White essentially also includes um, – has actually, I think it's more in-depth. I think I'll save that one on its own. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I let's let's knock out uh, these questions from Jeff and Clopoon. Could Ray still be a Skywalker? Nope. And do you think Ray's parents have yet to be revealed? No, I don't think so. Uh, do I think Ray's a Skywalker? No. Do our parents been revealed? Yes. <laughs> they're nobody. Well, well, I mean, I I don't think they're going to be revealed. Oh, is what I okay, mean. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that's what I mean when I say no. I don't think they've been oh, revealed. Okay. I what I mean is they're not going to be. They're just. You know, well, it doesn't I mean, matter. They have. They're nobody, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, exactly. And I think that's integral to her story. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, all the way up to the release of Episode 8, I wanted her still to be a Skywalker. I'm not going to mm-hmm. lie. Um, I just thought it'd be really important. Like, I still – like, there was still a part of me. The, the, the Legends canon in me still wanted that, like, Jason and <laughs> Jaina Solo, like, story arc. Dynamic. Right? Dynamic, yes. yeah. Um, but what they did with 8 – I think made it pretty clear that she's not a Skywalker mm-hmm. and now I'm on the camp of like, okay, she's not. And I love it. Like, and I don't yeah. want her to be, cause I think it diminishes her now if they make her one. Um, yeah. because, um, again, like I, I'm just going to go back to my little biblical reference of she is the David to the Skywalker soul, right? Like the Skywalker lineage just isn't getting it done anymore. So the force picks a new chosen one and that's Ray. Um, so and I'm cool with that. Just like Anakin, she's a nobody. It's a good story. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I'm so. I'm totally with you on that. I I don't think she's a Skywalker. Um, going into the Last Jedi, you know, you could have made that case, um, but after the Last Jedi, I don't think that's possible anymore. I, I really don't. Um, and so. Uh, and as far as her parents being revealed, maybe we'll someday find out their names and what they looked like. But the importance of who they are has already been established, mm. um, and that they are nobody. And the, so the, the importance of who they are to her, to the story, um, well, to the story at least, is is already revealed. We don't need to know more about them. To her. Maybe she has to learn to, you know, forgive them for leaving her on Jakku, abandoning her on Jakku, um, depending on how exactly that all went down. Uh, maybe she has to learn to to let go of of that that pain of of mm-hmm. abandonment. Mm-hmm. But but they only can be used now to enhance Ray as a character. 
Um, and the the parents as a whole don't. I, I don't want to say that they don't matter, but they kind of just don't matter at this yeah. point. <laughs> who, who they are, yeah. they just don't really matter, um, except for how they relate to Ray and how it affects her moving forward. Yeah. yeah. So, and I'm going to make a really quick real world comparison, um, and and I could be way off here, so feel free to use your moniker, Katie. Carl, you're a fool. Uh, (laughs) But I feel like part of the Luke Skywalker family story of the original trilogy, when it was written by George Lucas, he was writing a story about a family during the Vietnam era, right? And basically, George Lucas grew up in an era believing that he had to somehow reconcile the sins of his parents, right? The sins of this generation that that condoned the Vietnam War, which was a ridiculous war. And George was in the camp of, this is ridiculous, we shouldn't be fighting it. And making, and trying to reconcile for the mistakes of the previous generation. And I feel like, in a way, and again, I could be pushing a little too far here, the story of Ray today is we live in a society – again, I'm speaking of American culture where a lot of times like families are very disruptive and can be very dismissive of children. And I think the story of Ray tells young people like it's OK to walk away from the abandonment you've experienced and still become your own hero. Like you don't have to fix what they did. You just have to be you and shine as you. So I just feel like that might be the cultural statement of those two tales. I, and again, I do think I'm right on with Luke. I really do. Cause I think that was George's point. Um, I could be a little off with Ray, but I just, I feel like in this modern world, in the way that kind of the way our culture looks now with families, families, um, and, and I'm not saying like all the time, but a lot of families are just very broken down in a way. And I think the story of Ray is saying like, it's okay to walk away from them and, and to just yeah. flourish on your own. Like it's not, you have to hate them, but you also don't have to fix them. Um, yeah. like it's have okay. Have you seen to... Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, the second one. The second one, exactly. Yeah. I that's been a narrative more and more prevalent these days. I really do feel like it's a reflection of uh, the society you know we live now. Again, we're all products of our times, and the importance of found family and the importance of of walking mm. away from relationships that cause you genuine pain. You know that that blood isn't as important as the people that actually care about you. Mm-hmm. You know that that is definitely a, a more and more modern story, and and I do think that Ray exists in that. You know, yeah, she's part yeah, of that. And to an extent, you could also include Ben in that as well. Mm-hmm. Her his parents loved him, but leia was always busy with the republic han was always kind of trying to do his own thing with the racing and stuff and luke just wanted to train him to be a jedi so maybe he felt abandoned and he rebelled against that mm-hmm. whereas ray is actually legitimately abandoned and still finds a way to bring about good in this world yeah and so it's it's dealing with the two sides of that the perceived abandonment of Ben and how he rejected all of that and turned because, you know, it convoluted that in his mind and turned because of it. And then the purity of Ray to overcome her mm-hmm. abandonment, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and I think I think we're seeing two sides of that. That's a really good point, yeah. Carl. So yeah. um, I, yeah. I, I think I think that's a good way to bring that to our day. Yeah. Here. Yeah. And, 
And, and you know, like we've talked about before and, and the way you just put it, Katie, found family. That's the story mm-hmm. of Rebels, right? Yeah. Rebels yep. is the story of found family. And yes. like, oh, God, good old Satine. Yeah. Satine's story is so powerful. So, yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, so is that it? Are we done with questions for, for this episode? I think so. Yeah. I, think, I think we're done for now. We still yeah. have quite a few questions left over, guys. So <laughs> Actually, to be fair, we're, not that many. We did a really good job. We yeah, yeah, we we knocked out probably two thirds of them, so that's good. Um, but yeah, um, we still got we still got oh, here, plenty to keep us busy. Yeah, exactly. Well, and a few that we left out are really simple little ones, so we can have some fun just answering those quick in another time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, so if you wrote in, and again, we didn't get to the all the questions you asked. Uh, it's we we promise we will get back to these at some point. We're going to save them for for another time. Um, but to everyone that wrote in, thank you. Like. Thank you so much. These were so such fun and engaging questions. So thank you so much for for uh, participating, as you all always do. So thank you for that. Yes, yes, thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. And thank you, Katie, for being a part of your first ever Larian question episode. It's about gosh dang time. <laughs> <laughs> I know we had a response episode for Solo when the the DVD and the, it all came out on on Blu-ray and stuff, but like that was about one topic. This is just shotgun. Whatever anybody's thinking about Star Wars, get ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, that was great. Yeah. So, so it, again, um, if if you want to stick around um, after the episode's over, we will be playing episode six of the Empire Strikes Back radio drama way of the jedi so certainly stick around for that i forgot to think of any polls or matchups and i think that's okay because next week we have a a a guest coming on that i'm really excited to have so we're gonna let him come up or them ah, nuts uh (laughs) we're gonna let them come up with a matchup for next episode that we will then introduce the following week so yes um, so if you're listening to this and you know you're coming on the show next week be thinking of something yes um but yeah so uh we got a great episode coming next week so uh looking yeah, forward to yeah. getting to that one so yeah that's gonna do it that'll do it all right well uh carl if people want to weigh in on anything else in this <laughs> episode or if people want to send in any more questions to us uh that we can you know continue to add to our backlog um where can people do that carl uh, well, of course, you can do the easiest place to send us questions is on our uh, <laughs> on our uh, Gmail. So you can email us at wampuslairpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at wampuslair. We're on Facebook at wampuslairpodcast. And we got a Patreon at patreon.com slash wampuslairpodcast. Katie, where can folks find you and all your fun musings on the Twitter world? You guys can find me at Poe Hot Dameron. Please come on over and tell me what your ideal wedding dress for Ray is at the end of episode nine. Send me them pics. I want to see like all the 1980s, like big puffy sleeves. Yeah, show show me. <laughs> Do it. I'm going to sit over here and dance for the rest of the song, but uh, you guys got anything else for this episode? I'll do it. I think that's going right. to do it. Well, thank I'm you so to glad Carl. <laughs> yeah. Thank you to Carl and Katie for uh, coming on. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode and contributing to this episode of the Wampus Lair podcast. This has been episode number 321. Oh, God, that's the title. You you must contact me. You must contact me. Thank you. (laughs) I closed the window. Uh, For Carl and Katie and all of you Larians, I'm Jason, and we will see you next time here in the Wampus Lair. (laughs) 
Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, by Brian Daly. Episode 6, Way of the Jedi. time ago in a galaxy far, far away, there came a time of revolution when rebels united to challenge a tyrannical empire. Now it is a dark time for the rebellion. Their base on the planet Hoth has been destroyed. Their surviving rebel units are scattered among the stars, waiting to regroup at a secret rendezvous point. But one rebel must follow his own course. Commander Luke Skywalker obeys the instructions given him by the spectral image of his one-time teacher, Obi-Wan Kenobi. With the aid of his astrodroid R2-D2, Luke is bringing his X-Wing fighter on a landing approach to the mysterious planet Dagobah. There, he is to further his training as a Jedi Knight under the tutelage of the legendary Jedi Master, Yoda. Picking up any cities or technology. Massive life form readings, though. There's something a lot down there, all right. <laughs> yes, I'm sure Dagobah's perfectly safe for droids, R2. Let's go in a little lower. See if we can pick up some terrain features. I know, I know, R2. I hear you. All my scopes just went dead. I can't see a thing through this cloud layer. Just can't tell what's doing it. Well, we can't turn back now. Just hang on. I'm going to start the landing cycle. Brace yourself, R2. TIE fighters have been unable to re-establish contact with the Millennium Falcon. Well, Captain Nida? Considering the number of smaller craft we've lost in the asteroid field and the damage to our star destroyers, intelligence has concluded that the Falcon and her crew have been destroyed. No, Captain Nida, they're alive. I want every ship in the fleet to sweep this asteroid field until they are found and captured. Lord Vader, we've had a priority signal. What is it, Admiral Beard? The Emperor commands you to make contact with him. Move my flagship out of the asteroid field at once, so that I may send a clear transmission. Prepare my communications vault. At once, Lord Vader. servant awaits the unbended knee, my emperor. What is thy bidding? There is a great disturbance in the force, Vader. Yes, I have felt it. We have a new enemy. Luke Skywalker. Yes, my 
It could destroy us. He's just a boy, almost untrained, scarcely tested, and Obi-Wan can no longer help him. The Force is strong within him. The son of Skywalker must not become a Jedi. If he could be turned, he would become a powerful ally. Yes. He would be a great asset. Can it be done? He will join us or die. How will you find him? I shall tempt him with bait he cannot resist. Once I have the Millennium Falcon in hand, Luke Skywalker is as good as ours. Go forth then, faithful servant, and work my will. landing right into a marsh no no stay in your socket r2 it's only a short wade to shore i'll have a look around no lock yourself down r2 if you don't look you're gonna lose your balance r2 r2 r2d2 where are you Careful. Lucky the water's only periscope deep. Look, I'll meet you over there. See it? Over on shore. R2? R2, the shore's over that way. Hey, R2. Over this way. The bank isn't as steep here. R2, there's something behind you. It's coming right towards you. R2, get up here. Hurry. R2, answer me. R2-D2? Oh, no. What? R2! Hey. Hey, are you all right? Say something. Come on. Stand up, little buddy. Whatever that thing was, it spit you out. You're lucky you don't taste very good. Anything broken? Good. You know, if you're saying that coming here was a bad idea, I think I'm beginning to agree with you. Oh, R2, what are we doing here? It's like... something out of a dream, or... I don't know. I'm not even sure how I got us here. Oh, never mind. Night's coming on. We better set up camp. There. 
Well, that's the last of the gear. You ready for a recharge, R2? Okay. There you go, R2. <laughs> You're welcome. What are friends for? Uh, now all I gotta do is find this Yoda. If he even exists. I don't know either. I, mean, I don't even know where to start. I was expecting a fortress or something. <laughs> Swamp Planet's a pretty strange place to find a Jedi Master. Yeah, this place gives me the creeps too. Oh, you're right. I could use a little supper. Hmm. Still, there's something familiar about this place. I don't know. Be like, like what, stranger? <laughs> like we're being watched. Oh, don't shoot! Away for your blaster! Only my walking stick have I. No harm to you or the droid, I mean. Listen, sneaking up on somebody's a good way to get yourself roasted, little friend. Merely curious am I. I am wondering, why are you here? Please slay me not. Oh, come on, you can get down off that log. It's just... I was looking for someone. Looking? <laughs> Found someone you have, I would say. Yes, <laughs> but a green gnome isn't what I had in mind. Help you, I can, stranger. Yes? Uh, I don't think so, little guy. I'm looking for a great warrior. Ah, great warrior. <laughs> Wars not make one great? Ah, in time for eating have I arrived. Oh, plenty there is. Put that down. R2 and I are gonna... Hey, that's my dinner. Awful it tastes. How you get so big, stranger, eating food of that kind? Listen, pal, I'm not exactly wild about survival rations either. I mean, we didn't mean to land in that mud puddle. If we get our ship out, we would, but we can't. So why don't you just run along and do whatever it is that you... Cannot get your ship out. <laughs> what else you have in these metal boxes besides bad food, eh? Hey, leave those alone. Oh, so many useless things you carry around. Uh, look out! You could have broken that power capsule. Uh, worthless are these gadgets. Why don't you open those big green ears of yours and listen to me? You... You're making a mess. Give me back that energy lamp, will you? No! No, stranger! Mind it is, or I will help you not! Hey, look, I don't want your help. I want my lamp back. I'm gonna need it to get out of this slimy mud hole. Mud hole? Slimy? My home this is! Not for you to say such things about my... Oh! What? No! Try! No! My lamp! I mean, just so he'll leave. Oh, sure, yours, yours. Now, will you move along, little fella? R2 and I have a lot of work to do. Oh, no, generous stranger. Stay and help you, I will. <laughs> Find your friend. I am not looking for a friend. I'm looking for a Jedi Master. Oh. supposed to be here. On day Jedi Master? Yoda. You seek Yoda. What? You know him? Mm-hmm. Take you to him, I will. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. But now we must eat. <laughs> Not this nonsense food of yours. Come to my house. No, wait a second. What I... food have I there? Sorry you will not be. Come. But, but... <laughs> Follow me, big stranger. 
R2, stay here and watch after the camp. No, R2, I have to find this Yoda. I haven't got any choice. Don't worry, I'll be back as soon as I can. I mean, your ceiling's kind of low. High enough for me, it is. Giants like you must bend. Over there on the floor, sit yourself. Okay. Time now for food. Hey, hey listen, do you usually keep all these snakes and lizards around your house? Or? My friends, they are. And harm nothing. Usually. What? <laughs> Wiser you would be not to sit upon them. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. On the table is your spoon. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm sure that stuff's delicious, but I, I just don't understand why we can't see this Yoda right now. I mean, I wouldn't mind traveling in the rain if that's the problem. Here, your bowl take. <sighs> okay. For the Jedi, it is time to eat as well. <laughs> eat! <laughs> eat! Hop! Good food! Good! Mm. That's great. Listen, how far away is Yoda? Will it, will it take us long to get to him? Not far. Yoda, not far. <laughs> Patience! Soon you will be with him. Eat now! Root leaf it is. I cook! <laughs> Thanks, it's great. Yes, thank you. Now, why you wish to become Jedi? You know, pal, you're asking a lot of questions. In my home, are you? A guest eating my food? But I never even asked you to bring me to this hut. I don't oh, see why... How polite should you be? Nothing would it cost you. <laughs> why a Jedi, then? Well, mostly because of my father, I guess. Ah, your father? Powerful Jedi, was he? Powerful Jedi. Oh, come on. How could you know my father? You don't even know who I am. No, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I've got friends waiting for me. I should be with them. So? So, I've got to find the man who murdered my father. Here I am, sitting around this hut in a swamp planet. Uh-huh. And find him you would? For revenge? No, this is getting me nowhere. I'm wasting my time here. I cannot teach this one. The boy has no patience, Obi-Wan. He will learn patience, Master. What? Ben? But how? Much anger in him, Obi-Wan. Like his father is he. And was I any different when you taught me, Master? This one is not ready, Obi-Wan. Yoda. You. But I am ready, Yoda. Uh, ben? Ben, I can be a Jedi. Ben, tell him I'm ready. Ready are you? Loud, unthinking youngster are you? What know you are ready? But Ben told me to come to you so that I can learn... For 800 years have I trained Jedi. My own counsel will I keep on who is to be trained. Yoda... Master, hmm? I don't mean to sound... No afraid. right have you to call me by that word. You have not earned it. A Jedi must have the deepest commitment. Hmm? The most serious mind. Oh, how can I convince you? Oh, Obi-Wan. A long time have I watched this one. 
all his life has he looked away to the future, to the horizon. Never his mind on where he was. Oh. What was he doing? What were you doing, eh, boy? Huh? Huh? Oh, hey, listen, I didn't see it like that. Maybe you're right. But Yoda, I never had anyone to teach me any different. And so you dreamt of adventure, eh? Excitement, eh? But... A Jedi craves not these things. Reckless are you, son of Skywalker! So was I, if you remember, Master. He's too old, Obi-Wan. Yes, too old to begin the training, Luke Skywalker. No, 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 no. I've learned so much, Master. Yoda. Ben. Ben, if I can't do it, if I'm not worthy, then why was I brought here? Won't you both at least let me understand why I had to go through this? Please. Will he finish what he begins? Luke must answer for himself and live by his answer. I won't fail you, Yoda. Or you, Ben. I don't want anything the way I want this. Mm. Yes. Yes, Yoda. And I'm not afraid. But you will be, son of Skywalker. You will be. It's good, but more moss extract it needs. At my window? Oh, R2D2, little droid. <laughs> Inside would I invite you, but bend down you cannot. Yoda? Master? Here am I, young Skywalker. I'll feel you. Mm, feel good. In fact, I feel great. Good? Your strength will you need. Later we will eat. No, breakfast can wait. I want to start learning right away. I have so many Patient questions. To... must you be. Here. What? On your shoulders, put this. A knapsack? What am I carrying? In it will I ride while you train your body, while you train your mind. All right. <laughs> Master, Dagobah doesn't show up on any chart. And the instruments can't penetrate the cloud layer. How can that be? My privacy do I value? <laughs> now, where's my weapons go? Oh, here. Got it. Thank you that you must have weapons. Bring them, then, if you feel you must. Now, bend down, but onto your back I may climb. Right. <laughs> Up you go. <laughs> Yoda, would you rather that I didn't take my weapons along? No more questions! Come! The growing begins. The way of the Jedi. Tired are you, huh? With Yoda on your back? Open yourself to the Force. Now run. Run! Stop here! Be still for a moment, young Skywalker. All that exercise, and I'm still not tired out. I must be doing it right. Mm, yes. A Jedi's strength flows from the Force. Feel it. Contemplate it. But beware of the dark side. 
the dark side. That's what won Vader over and made him murder my father. If once down the dark path you start, forever will it dominate your destiny, consume you it will, as it did Obi-Wan's apprentice? I see him in my dreams, and I think his name so often, Darth Vader. Is the dark side stronger? No more. Quicker, easier, more seductive. How am I to know the good side from the bad? You will know when you are calm, at peace, passive. Mm -hmm. The Jedi uses the Force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. Master... Tell me why I can't use it so that I can no, go... No, no, no. There's no why. Nothing more will I teach you today. Set me down. But there's so much that I need to know so no, that I can... clear your mind of questions and set me down. All right. Right here. Hi, R2. You've been watching after my gear, huh? I'll take it. Thanks. Master, I'm going to take R2 and recharge his power reserves. I'll, uh... I'll be back in about... Uh, oh. What is it? I don't know. There's something not right in this place. I feel cold. Master, please, look at me. What do you sense? Death. That cave there, under that tree, there's... Something I can't quite see. That place is strong with the dark side. A domain of evil it is. I can feel it. Mm. I will smell it. Into it. You must go. But why? Told you I have. There is no why. What's in there? Only what you take into the cave with you. Luke Skywalker. All right. If you say so, I'll go. Your weapons. You will not need them. Your blaster not, nor your lightsaber. What? You will not need them. But yours is the decision. I think... I'll keep them with me. R2, stay here. I'll be back. Answer me. I know you're here. I can feel it. Show yourself. You. Well, why don't you say something? You know who I am, don't you? I'm Ben Kenobi's friend. Skywalker son! Come on! Stand your ground! Vader. His face. 
When the mask fell away. What? It was mine. Vader's face was mine. Think. Feel. Calmly. Focus yourself. And all other things will come to you. What said I to you? You said... You said that what was in the cave was only what I took in with me. Yes. Oh, but what have I learned? You must say. My enemy's face... My enemy's face is my own. Across the gulfs of interstellar space, Luke's friends are about to come into terrible danger. Darth Vader prepares to strike in the name of Imperial tyranny. But no battle is more fierce than the one raging within Luke Skywalker as he faces the trials and perils of the way of the Jedi. The Empire Strikes Back by Brian Daly, based on characters and situations created by George Lucas. Featured in the cast were Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker, John Lithgow as Yoda, and Brock Peters as Darth Vader. Also heard were Bernard Behrens, Paul Hecht, and David Rasha. This is Ken Hiller. Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back was directed by John Madden with Tom Vega. Sound design for Lucasfilm by Ben Burt. Music by John Williams. Casting and production coordination by Mel Saar. The executive producer was John Boss. Post-production was realized at Studio M in St. Paul on the 3M Digital Mastering System by Tom Vagley.